your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Like the guy said, 608-785-7914, talking text line if you want to get in here. Now is a good time to do it because in a couple of minutes here, I'm going to bring on Ted Wilson. He's an entomologist. He's the biology chair at Viterbo University. And uh, we're going to talk about no mo may, why we're doing that, why lacrosse is, hey, don't mow your lawn, which is like the easiest thing, in I think, to, to do. Hey, don't mow your lawn. Every kid in lacrosse is probably like, yeah, ma, dad, <laughs> sign up. Here's this. Here's the link. Text your mom and dad the link, right? Like, here's the link. Uh, we're not going to mow the lawn in all of May, and it'll be the greatest thing because, man, growing up, Mowing the lawn, my goodness. Mowed the church lawn, we mowed our lawn. We have a fleet of lawnmowers. Pretty big lawn at home, so I have to ask my parents if I go home this weekend if we're not going to mow the lawn this month. Some people. So lacrosse is probably a little bit easier, although, you know, some of those parks. Are the parks not going to mow their lawns for a month? Is the city literally going to be part of No Mow May where they're going to have uh, huge lawns in the parks? Maybe I should ask... Uh, the, the Parks and Rec Department, if they're just going to take the month off as well. But uh, so we're going to bring Ted Wilson on and, and talk about that. I think uh, talked a little bit, just uh, just teased it a little bit and then and then kind of got sidetracked talking with the lacrosse assistant fire chief Jeff shot yesterday. I wanted to there was there was a conversation to be had about Cheryl Hancock resigning from the lacrosse or Holman School Board, uh, and she was the president there as well. Never really got into it, but that did happen last night in a closed session. Uh, no big surprise there. It is kind of, it, it is kind of interesting, kind of funny. If you make a fake Facebook profile, uh, that's going to cost you your your school board job. But I, I think maybe a little bit of what she was doing on that profile has to do with that, but also like, I don't know when you come on anonymously onto a, onto a social media or maybe, maybe a talk show. When you come on anonymously, number three, you're on the air. How are you doing, pal? I'm, I'm good. I, I, I think it's uh well, what do you got? I don't want to, I don't want to single you out because you're coming on anonymously and you know, I know you're retired, but if you had a job and you, one for you. You're doing good so far. It would be funny, number three, if you worked for the city. Let's say you're like just like a 40-year-old dude and you worked for the city, but you came on my show as number three and then you talk crap about the city all the time and then we find out you're the Parks and Rec director. That would be interesting, <laughs> right? Would you have to resign? The, we- the weeds are. Yeah, I'd have to resign. That's for <laughs> darn sure. I wouldn't st- be. Well, anyway, like you know, I mowed yards for about 22, 23 years, about a Sometimes as many as 185 to 190 a week. So uh, I, I think this is kind of a stupid idea because if anybody leaves their yard go uh, all month, and a lot of about 90 percent of the yards haven't been mowed yet, and now they're going to leave them grow a month, uh, they're going to get to the point where the grass gets high and then falls over. And you're going to have one hell of a time mowing it the following month. You understand? Yeah, you're going to have to pull. Well, a push mower would be tip. tip you'd have to pull. Put your t- push mower on two wheels, right? You'd have to tip it back, and then uh, your lawnmower. You'd have to put the uh, the lawnmower 
blade on the tractor all the way up. You'd have to pull it all the way up. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big mess. Uh, but I know know one thing: Mitch Reynolds is gonna like it because he never liked mowing the yard anyway. Yeah, if I you think, remember, I think uh, he was, yeah, he was behind us one hundred percent. Well, we had a conversation one time about his creeping Charlie infestation in his yard, and then at one point, and we'll have this conversation with Doctor Tab Wilson. Uh, at one point, I was just like, "Creeping Charlies, just let them grow." I don't know, I'd like maybe have creeping Charlie lawns instead of grass. Creeping Charlie is a weed, and according to the city, you're not supposed to have those kind of weeds, but. Mitch never wanted to spend forty, fifty bucks to have his yard sprayed. See, right? But so, is a but, he, but it's going to be a big mess when people uh, go out there the following month and try to make it look decent again because it's just going to look like hell when they get done. Yeah, they're going to spend about uh, I imagine the average yard at least three days making it look halfway decent. So the landfill or the place down in uh, by the river down there, it's going to be full of people bringing their dead grass down. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, is, is that a bad thing? Like, who cares? Like, it's a lawn. <laughs> like, who cares? Well, here's the thing: a lot of people take pride in their lawn and make it look nice. So, consequently, somebody's got a say a three, four hundred thousand dollar house with a beautiful yard, and two or three guys alongside of them. Uh, don't mow it for a month or six weeks. It's just going to look make the neighborhood look very bad. And if you talk to the uh, guy, your Dr. Green Thumb, yeah. your Saturday show, he He's, says he oh. agrees with me. The mayor's nuts and the council's nuts and the forest department and the park department are all nuts. Well, you know, I think Dr. Green Thumb is also his job is to mow lawns. Well, no, he's retired like me now, too. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, so you're worried about the lawns looking good. Let this professor from a terrible sweet talk to people into it. Yeah, I mean, he's going to tell us what, you know what, he's not going to talk about how the lawns are going to look bad because he's not really, I mean, that's that's not his thing. He's a bug do- He's a bug guy, so he's going to tell us why. Uh, we shouldn't mow our lawns, or or maybe maybe this is a bad idea. I don't actually know, um, but but what what happens when we don't mow our lawns? He's going to explain it to us. He's not going to tell us, you know. Okay. I, I mean, he might tell us it's not a good idea. I don't know yet at this point. But every, every once in a while, I like to hear somebody talk that's smarter than me. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's Carry not a, not a lot of people, but yeah. Thanks for the call. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll have Dr. Ted Wilson on here in a minute to talk about whether or not no mow may is a good idea. Uh, I'm I'm into it because as a kid, I think I just remember uh, being traumatized every week as a kid to have to go mow my parents lawn or my lawn. Right. Like I lived with my parents, obviously. And then I had to go mow grandpa's shop lawn, which was about a 25 minute drive. Uh, I had to go mow that lawn. And then every yeah, I didn't have to do it all the time, but I had to go mow the church lawn, which took literally three hours. And if Dad came to quote unquote help mow the church lawn, the church lawn had a giant tractor, and man, it went fast. It mowed the lawn really fast, and I I drove it really fast. I put it in high, high, medium, low, right? Like I put it in high and just zipped through the church. But it was huge, huge lawn at the church. Uh, but if Dad came along to quote unquote help, then it had to go into medium. It couldn't go into to high gear. So I, then I'd have to mow the lawn at about three quarters of the speed, 
and uh, it would take a little bit longer, despite Dad's help, right? All right, we got to get to Brad doing the news. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Dr. Ted Wilson's on with me. He's an entomologist. He's the biology chair at Viterbo. He's been doing that for the past eight years. Ted, I put uh, where the green grass grows here with Tim McGraw on. Are you ag- are you in agreement with No Mo May growing the grass long? Hi, Rick. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I think it's a really neat idea for the city of Lacrosse to take some uh, uh, adopt a project that's been done in other cities to try to help our uh, spring insects and plants kind of get a leg up on the year. So, what what about not mowing your lawn? Because from from what I could tell. When you when your grass grows, it's there's no flowers on my grass. Are we just promoting the dandelions and the creeping charlies to to uh, multiply and take over? Well, you know, in some sense, yes. What you're what you're doing um, with uh, delaying mowing your your lawn here in the early spring is, first of all, it does help the lawn. The plants do get a better uh, better root system going. A lot of people, I'm I've been guilty of this, and you know, mow the first time we can, you know, and that kind of stretches the plants out. But with any ecosystem, it's the plant habitat that starts everything off. So the plants that you have in your ecosystem determine all the other things, all the other animals and things and other plants that occur. And so if you can get any types of flowering occurring, you know, creeping Charlie, those pretty little blue flowers, I like seeing those in my around, around my lawn, you know, and especially in the, in the springtime of the season. And I know they're a very controversial species, but they do provide some habitat for uh for our pollinators, and so would do the dandelions. And there should, there would be other uh, other uh, other plants that would grow that very first part of the year. I mean, and maybe it's not for everybody, but it's a lot of people do want to know what they can do to help out the habitat. Yeah, the city of the cross is a voluntary effort, so anyone that doesn't want to do it doesn't have to do it. And um, what should we just like the idea of having a lawn? Should we just do away with that idea and maybe just have everybody lives in a like a, a native species prairie type? Uh, yard, and that way we would have we would have flourishing butterflies and bees everywhere, wouldn't we? <laughs> you know, I think it would be an interesting idea to have uh, maybe a, a pilot project where you allow people to have like a instead of a, a lawn, have a have a small prairie in, in your yard, right in right in the city. You have actually a little little island of habitat there. Um, and, you know, and that wouldn't be your dandelions and, and creeping charlies, but that would be, you know, um, you can do this now. You can have lots of flower gardens in your yard, and you can have a stone path, and you don't really need to have a lot of grass if you don't want to. Yeah, and th- th- I feel like there's enough parks here in town, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you talk to the city. I, I guess I, I should have asked, Is the are the parks going to mow their lawns for this month? That would be interesting. Oh, interesting. I have not heard. I, um, I have been in communication with, uh, kind of indirectly, um, we're looking at maybe doing a research project with this next year of trying to, you know, do some insect sampling and plant sampling and, and people who want to take part in that. Um, but uh, uh, I, I, I have not seen anything where the city is going to not mow uh, some of the lawn there. That, would be, that might be interesting. Right. We would have just giant... Um, <laughs> I think the Parks and Rec director would be into that, too, because then, then they don't have to mow the lawn. Um, you would save a lot of money, you know. Um, they're, they're, you know, with this, with this program, uh, people do, can voluntarily sign up. Um, you do need to get back into um, uh, compliance and by June 15th, um, meaning that your lawn has to be back down below uh, the 8-inch limit that the city has. 
Yeah, that was, I was, and that, you're not the botanist, so that was, I had a caller right before you came on and said, hey, after a month of not mowing your lawns, everybody's yard's going to look like crap, everybody that <laughs> does this. And I'm just like, well, I mean, is there, it, it seems it seems kind of, I don't know, is is the, you know, if everybody, you know, half the population, whatever, if, if people in the city do this, is it really going to help that much? Is it going to make that big of an impact on the pollinators in the area uh, letting a couple of dandelions grow when when every well, tree is budding, right? There's there's billions of flowers out there on trees. I bet right now. That's right, and this has actually been done in other cities. And over over in Appleton, they did this, and they did a nice little research project, and they found that the plant diversity increased by thirty five percent. So that's a lot more than just dandelions. And then the pollinators also increased by over uh, over uh, fivefold, so five times the number of pollinators. You know, and that's just not that's not just um, Honeybees, that's uh, moths and uh, solitary bees that are native to the area. It's other insects and, and birds and things also would take advantage of all those new flowers and plants that are being provided. Um, and it's early, early spring, which is really, you know, when, when, when things are ramping up uh, in terms of uh, seed production and flowers. Yeah, how much do, uh, I mean, the, do the bees care? Like, uh, you know what, dandelions, bee, we don't like dandelions. Do the bees like dandelions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If a flower, you know, there's lots of different pollinators and things like uh, mason bees, you know, which are a solitary bee here, native in, native in Wisconsin. Uh, they're pretty indiscriminate. They like lots of different flowers, and they would uh, they wouldn't they don't care if it's uh, you know a nice pretty flower or if it's something like more like a like we what we would call a weed. And all a weed is is it's just a plant out of place. You know, to the mason bee they, or, or the bumblebee or the honeybee, they don't care. That's that's a source of food for them. Yeah, the the idea here the I mean, bees bees don't care. Um, but oh. with with uh, dandelions, creeping charlies, what do creeping charlies do after a month of not cutting them? Do they turn into like prickly, annoying, long, tall weeds? I don't even know. Do well, you know? Yeah, the creep the creeping charlie. Um, I have battled creeping charlie many many times. It actually, you know, if you had to pl- have a taller taller yard, it just does not do as well with taller uh, grass and those types of things. So it might. It might have a little bit harder time this spring. I don't know. That'd be something interesting to look into. Yeah, I feel like growing up, ground, ground I, I feel like growing up, we've been hoodwinked in all these things. We've been we've been tricked into thinking dandelions are bad. When dandelions, I have a friend who's who's kind of a into this stuff. Dandelions are actually a, a medicinal, and uh, if you do it right, like I, I I don't think you just go pop a dandelion in your mouth. But there's there's different <laughs> ways to make it medicinal. Uh, we I feel like we've been tricked by the uh, lawn mowing industry to grow lawns when we could have just the yard of creeping charlies I feel well, like nothing that against the lawn mowing industry i don't know if they're advertisers or not <laughs> for you but uh dandelions you can actually eat them you know you can make a little salad out of them and, and maybe you know heard of even dandelion wine and those types of things but yeah we're speaking with yeah, dr we're speaking with Dr. Ted Wilson. He's an entomologist, uh, biology chair at Viterbo. He's been doing that for eight years. Um, you have a, a student studying mason bees right now. Uh, what what is the? I, I guess what are we trying to trying to learn from the mason bees? I guess first of all, can you can can you explain what mason bees are? Is that a native species to here and and what they're doing? Yeah, so one of the things that I'm really interested in is promoting native pollinators and native insects, and, and, and that, doesn't, that actually doesn't include the, um, the honeybee, which is actually a, a European species. And it's a great, nothing against the honeybee, but, there, you know, we also have natives that we uh, really want to learn more about, and there's these orchard mason bees, which are an early spring species, and they, they love, you know, orchards. You know, right now if you go into the orchards around here in Wisconsin and, and Minnesota, they're all over the place, they're flowering. They're just starting to flower. 
and they really love that environment. And so what we're looking at is just, you know, what are some of their preferences for food? I've got a student, and um, she is looking at, uh, she's actually doing it indoors, and we've got this camera set up, and we're trying to see what types of food preferences that they might have. She's kind of do a little behavioral study with that. But if you um, want to promote those, you can do that in your yard, too. I think maybe a lot of your viewers have seen, like, the Mason Bee Homes, those little, those little um, you can buy them at the, at the hardware store. Yeah, they look like they look like little bamboo sticks piled on top of each other, little hollow hollow bamboo sticks, and then uh, in a little house. Yep, those are those are great. They'll actually, uh, if you have got a good spot and lots of flowers and a little bit of clay soil exposed, that they, they actually create little uh, little cells out of mud inside of there. And they pack it full of pollen and lay a little egg in there. And then what you do with that is after the end of the end of the season, you put that kind of in a refrigerator. Don't let it get too cold, um, and bring it out again in the next spring. And they'll have another batch of mason bees and great pollinator. I want to say that I've seen homes built with like built-in mason bee, I guess homes uh, right into your like like you have a brick home, but some of the bricks are like built for the mason bees. Oh, that sounds really cool. I've never seen that. You know, you could, you don't have to get that extreme with that. You can just have something that you hang up into a tree. Yeah, and if, if that hasn't happened yet, I'm going to in, invent it. You heard it right here, Ted. So when somebody <laughs> steals this idea like from listening. <laughs> um, Kevin texted in. So, he, you know, talking about uh, just, you know, doing doing other stuff. When we talk about the city of La Crosse adopting Nomo May, uh, as a kid, I would have loved this. I feel like every kid listening uh, I'm sure I have a lot of children listening to the show. They're probably like, Mom, Dad, no mow may. We, we shouldn't be mowing our lawns because, man, I mowed so many lawns when I was a kid. But Kevin texted mm-hmm. in and he goes, wouldn't it be better off encouraging people to plant dedicated pollinator gardens in lawns uh, be better than allowing the lawns to go unattended for a month? So I don't even know if he's saying convert your lawn, but like dedicate a section of your yard would, it, would we be better off dedicating maybe like a five-by-five five square area of our yard to just pollinators versus letting the dandelions grow? Oh, well, in my mind, it's not a versus. I say do both. You know, uh, uh, if, you, if you want to even take it to an extreme, you know, following city, city ordinance, and you can, have, you can have, I think, a probably a majority of your yard actually, uh, actually along our uh, flowers and flower gardens and things like that, you know, make it, make it look good, obviously, or if it's in your backyard, you can fence it off and do what you want. But um, I think both are a really interesting idea, and I'm kind of really interested to see how this first year, uh, how it works out, because obviously people's lawns, those are, you know, very personal things, and people take great pride in their lawns. I completely understand that, and people want their neighborhoods to look look nice. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how it works out this year. I think we've kind of had a little bit of a dry spring um, so it might take a, you know, they might not get actually too long, but we will, we'll, we'll find out, I guess. All right. We're speaking with Dr. Ted Wilson. He's an entomologist and the biology chair at Viterbo. We're going to continue uh, a little bit of this conversation into Nomo May. Also, Ted, I'm getting a text here, uh, about, uh, about bees and, and being able to teach them math. I don't know if you've, you know anything about this, but I, I'm getting text, uh, 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 versions of stories from science websites about teaching bees math and how smart honeybees can be. Um, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see how much I can read during the break. Uh, also wanted to talk about, uh, some of the things that we've hit on in the past. Uh, I want you to predict how the ticks, mosquitoes, and gnats are going to, uh, perform in Wisconsin this year, the Midwest. Um, also, you know, the bug apocalypse we've hit on, uh, in the past and murder hornets. When are we going to get murder hornets, uh, in, in Wisconsin, <laughs> if ever. <laughs> but we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 
Dr. Ted Wilson, still on with me. He's the entomologist and biology chair at Viterbo. I just picked songs that kind of deal with what we're talking about. This <laughs> one's George Strait, The Love Bug. <laughs> so I like it. I ev- like it. Eventually, I think he'll start, I think maybe right here. I don't know. It's been a while since I heard this one. There it is. <laughs> we just had to get that in. If we're going to have the bug guy on, we're going to have, you know, I don't know if he's talking about bugs. Probably not. But um, anyway, we're talking about Nomo May and Thank the you. city of La Crosse is adopting this. And you said you wanted to study this next year. Ted, I think you need to get to study this this year. Can you, is that too hard to do at this point? Well, um, no, it, actually it isn't. And and you, what you do is you go out and do uh, do some, I call it sweep netting. You get your, we got a net and you do a, a few sweeps and a, and a few yards and you, Count up what you find there, and you also do a plant survey as well as counting up the different types of, of, of plant species that are uh, flowering, especially in the yards. And you compare that probably to other years or other homes that wanted to take a, you know, that didn't want to do that and see if there's any increase in the number of pollinators that are happening, the number of plant species increasing. Now, Kevin, he texted me earlier. Well, I have two texts. I have two Kevins texting me, actually. But uh, another Kevin texted me and said, how do I get involved? And I sent him a link. So anyone wants me yep. to just send you the link, 608-785-7914, just shoot me a text. I'll send you the link to sign up for this Nomo May. Um, and, and people that do this, Ted, can they, um, to help you maybe, can they take a picture of their yard now before this happens and then maybe at the end of may and take a picture can they do can we do this as a community to help you out and maybe send you the data or will or is that not how this works oh, oh in terms of in terms of the research well i think i mean as of right now i don't have anything organized what i'd love to do is get a uh, I, you know i gotta teach students those types of things and get some get some of those involved i think taking pictures and sharing them is a great idea. Uh, as you sign up for it, and I, re- and I encourage people to register for it, um, you can actually take part in a survey that that the city will conduct, and they'll, they'll gather information about what how that how the how the project went for you. Um, and you can actually put a sign out in your yard. You have to go down down to the city hall and pick that up. Um, so I think you know documenting this you know, before, after, during would be a real neat thing to document. Yeah, and this would be plant based. You, you're talking about doing nets. Is there is there stuff people can do uh, with the bugs? That would help, or, or or would it yeah, just be? Dis- are both pretty. Well, I'm sorry, I'm interrupted. No, would it, or would it just be disrupting uh, what what we're actually trying to do? If we're, I'm out there trying to catch some butterflies in my yard, like what's the point? <laughs> well, you can always release them, you know. And there's all there, you know. Um, there's a whole even uh, you, you can identify uh, insects, especially butterflies, just by looking at them. Um, and if you want, if you if you uh, you wanted to uh, try to figure out a little bit more in, more information, you get a picture of them. And there's some really good resources out there. There's an app called iNaturalist that I use a lot, and it's really to get a nice picture. You can upload a picture to it, and it gives you a pretty good uh, idea of what you have. Um, so that's one I really recommend. And, and also, some experts might be able to take a look at it too and give you a, a solid idea of what you may have found in your yard. Um, I play in a. I'm, I play and I have a volleyball league uh, that's supposed to start. It was supposed to start yesterday. It's really cold out. We were supposed to have another league tonight. We're not doing it this week. It looks like it's gonna be like 70 degrees next week, and it'll be volleyball right. weather. Um, but that just means that April's been really cold, and even now in May, it's been really cold. Is this a tough year for bugs? And is this really important? No more May this season, especially because it's been so cold. Is this going to be really important to do? Because uh, obviously, maybe we have less bloomers right now. Yeah, well, the season has been a little bit more colder, a little bit drier. 
We did not get a snow. I'll knock on wood that or we don't get a May, a May snow. Those are the things that can be more devastating to, uh, especially to the flowers and those types of ecosystems. I am pretty confident that the uh, the pollinators are going to, you know, not be hit too hard by uh, this season. Things are just going to be a little bit slower. Um, and so once things start to heat up and the, and the flowers really start to take off, you're going to see the pollinators uh, uh, take advantage of those resources. All right. We're speaking with Dr. Ted Wilson, entomologist over at Viterbo. Um, all right. So I've got some other things. Oh, you know what? I just, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my uh, bullet point notes here. Raking sure. leaves. Uh, I was raking leaves the other day and then I went, wait, it's no mo- It's May now. I can't be raking leaves. So should people just be leaving their leaves alone right now? Cause bugs, uh, like moss, butterflies, they have, they live in there, right? And they're, they haven't, they haven't uh, popped out yet. Oh, you know, I would, you know, I would take care of your leaves and things, especially if they're compacting some of your grass um, and, and those areas. Um, you know, those those can be those can kind of cause a problem with uh, some of the some of the you know getting moldy and those types of things. Uh, I would I would probably pick up your leaves if you got those stashed uh, around the corner and those types of things. All right, what if you what if you're like Rick and you live in the woods? You live in the woods. You have a lot of leaves. That's where you live, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I just I was breaking leaves, and I remember All you like leaves. well, and I remember a lot of times uh, butterflies, moss. They 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 put their seeds on the leaves right underneath, and that's where they stay. And you know they and they haven't hatched yet because it's been too cold. So I'm disrupting all that habitat for them. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, yeah, the, the dead leaves along the side of your house is what I was referring to. Oh yeah, okay. So you're pro not raking leaves. I'm just trying to get all the kids out of work here. No lawns, no leaves. That's what I'm trying to do, Ted. Um, All right, let's go to the next thing here. I want you to just Ted's predictions on things that annoy us when it comes to bugs. Ticks prediction. How are the ticks? I've already pulled two ticks off both my dogs. Yeah, Uh, ticks are active. Ticks are active. You know, you got the dog tick, the wood ticks. Um, which are which are active right now. Um, it is you know, they're a little bit slower in, um, in the season, but the black legged ticket, which is the one that would be most detrimental to people, which is the one that transmits Lyme disease, is also active. So, as people are going out, you know it's mushroom season. If you're around looking for mushrooms, uh, make sure you pre, uh, you wear appropriate clothing and protect yourself to the to, uh, to those little buggers. Is the way the weather is now what we've had so far? promoting tick being ticks being more active or is it demoting do you think that the ticks will be more active this year at this point well i think i think we're right on track for normal for normal season for for the tick season um so they're they're you know they're pretty they're pretty active especially in the spring and uh you know they're just what they're just trying to do if you want to put take the perspective of the tick they're trying to get a little blood meal so that they can uh, lay their eggs and make sure that they make more ticks so um uh, they're doing their thing pretty successfully, I think, right now. We've talked in the past about the GMO mosquitoes, the genetically modified mosquitoes. I think they're doing in Florida to just eliminate a certain uh, a type of mosquito down there where they just can't reproduce yep. anymore. If we did that with, with ticks, would that be detrimental to everything that is above them on the food chain? If we just got yeah. rid of ticks. Go ahead. No, if we just got rid of ticks, I mean, and we, there's no ticks in Wisconsin anymore or in the Midwest or anywhere. Would that just kill? Would that be detrimental? Yeah, what you're gonna what you're gonna see is other things that eat ticks will take a hit. You know, so there there are a lot of there's a lot of other animals uh, that will be like eat ticks. You know, obviously uh, things like uh, uh, like, uh, like rac- raccoons and other insects uh, love those things. I always I always I always really would be cautioning against eliminating. Uh, something out of the ecosystem because of human perspective on it. 
Yeah, and that brings up my next next question. Uh, Ted's predictions: Mosquito is going to be bad right now, or not not so bad coming right, up here right, soon? Right now, right now it's looking okay for mosquitoes. You know that can change real quick though. Once we get a little bit of more, uh, get some water, get some rain, uh, the, the mosquito the mosquito population can ramp up pretty quickly. Uh, but right now it's pretty darn nice out there. And then I think uh, it, it, the gnats, is it because we live by the river that the gnats are always really bad? And do you, is there a way to tell if we're going to have a bad gnat summer where you go golfing and all you're doing is shooing away gnats the whole time? Yeah, it, that, there, is, uh, there is some weather predictors with that. I remember, uh, maybe your listeners rem- uh, remember from a couple of years ago, I think it was, we had a real, real rough year with the buffalo gnat and other biting gnats. And, and that was a combination of just cyclic activity with uh, with the gnats and being able to take advantage of uh, of a little bit uh, warmer season that that year, if I recall, what that was was what happened that that spring and summer. It was absolutely miserable. So fingers crossed, we don't get that again. All right. So this is a great question from Gail on the text line. As we're talking about this, and we're talking about no mo May and lacrosse. If anyone wants me to send you the link. Uh, to sign up for No Mow May, where you don't have to mow your lawn and the city won't fine you for not mowing your lawn. Just shoot me a text, 608-785-7914. I'll shoot it back to you. But Gail says, uh, will not mowing our lawn increase the gnats, mosquitoes, and ticks? Is that going to have a, an increase in those bug populations? Yeah, well, you know, that's going to increase bug populations. So um, it be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, one of the one of the key indicators for things like mosquitoes, though, is, is standing water. So I don't get too concerned about mosquitoes coming out of lawn unless it is a really wet lawn for a long period of time. Um, but if you've got like a, you know buckets of water sitting around, or I don't think anybody has tire swings anymore, but um, you have any anywhere that pool water can can uh, can take a take. A, well, that's where mosquitoes will be laying their eggs anyway. So that's the biggest thing to be worried about with them. Yeah, so mosquitoes, but we're going to, you know what? I think you got everyone off board with no more May once you say gnats and ticks are going to increase. Well, what we're looking for with those is the flowers, you know, and the flowering, the flowering habitat. And you're also increasing the health of your lawn a bit by giving the, by giving the, the, uh, the plants a little bit chance to, uh, to get their roots a little bit deeper. All right, let's go, uh, let's go to some like broader things. Uh, the, the murder hornets, that's been a story the last two years out in the state of Washington. They keep finding these hornet nests. Are they from, are they from Asia? We always just go to Asia when, when it's these, uh, these, these bugs that get over here, Asian beetles, right? Um, the, the, the murder hornets, are, we'll, we'll probably never have to worry about murder, murder hornets in Wisconsin, right? Uh, probably not. They are, uh, this year they're doing another round of uh, looking for nests. I think they have found three or four uh, different hives um, that have been pretty small and probably related to each other, which I think they said was a was a good sign. So they've got a really good local um, local survey going on with just ma- being engaged with the community and also with experts going out and making sure that they find any of the of the nests that are out there. And the reason they're called murder hornets actually is not because they murder people, because they actually will uh, uh, take out uh, beehives, and so they will murder other insects, if you will. Um, and so, you know, that would be a real big detriment to our pollinators around here if they were to get to be, uh, to be established. But I'm not too concerned about them. Um, we've got other problems like the emerald ash borer, the, uh, the spongy moth, which used to be called the, um, the gypsy moth, that um, uh, are, are uh, taking out different uh, species of trees around here. Yeah. Is there, is there things that people can do to get rid of uh, the, the, the spongy moth? 
Um, so what's happening right now is the state of Wisconsin has put out some notice that they're going to be spraying for um, uh, for the young larvae that are coming out this time of year. So you may see some, uh, I think they're low-flying yellow planes is what they've been described as. What they're doing is they're putting out a, uh, a chemical um, that is safe to humans um, that will uh, uh, kill the, uh, the the gypsy moth larva. And it's a, it's a type of chemical. Um, it's got BT in it, which is uh, a specialized for specific groups of insects. So the hope is that takes out those insects and, and what they, what the, what the spongy moth does is it, it uh, pretty much deforests, uh, uh, forests, and they'll eat, eat wide range of trees. And so I think it's a good effort to uh, try to prevent uh, habitat destruction around here. Um, speaking of spraying, uh, along with no mow may here in La Crosse, part of this effort is to, you know, along with not having to mow your lawn, you don't have to spray or you shouldn't spray, right? Yeah. So when you sign up, there's various boxes that you can check. So you have multiple options of what you can do. So um, uh, for the lawn, you can uh, say, hey, maybe I'll just mow every other week or, or something along those lines. And it's not necessarily a contract. It's more of a pledge that you're doing. In terms of spraying, you know, it does have a couple options there for you to say you're not going to do absolutely spraying or you're going to limit spraying. Um, and I think that's a really good idea because I think people do have lots, a wide range of uh, of tolerance for what their yard will look like. All right, last thing with Dr. Ted Wilson from Viterbo Entomologist. There, um, real quick. I don't have a ton of time, but <laughs> let's just uh, we'll just talk real quick about the bug apocalypse. The idea that uh, you know, and I was reading the story about how 20 years ago, uh, you you the the scientists counted this very like archaic way of doing this. Counted the number of bugs that hit his windshield, which you know at some points when I'm driving through uh, through back to to Houston, the Houston area um, would be a million. Uh, but he said like 20 years later there was 80 uh, percent decline in the number of bug splats on his windshield. Like like uh, what we've seen over our lifetime with even with like uh, fruits and vegetables having less nutrients in them. Are we also seeing this with the bug population? And is this something we really should be starting to worry about and, and trying to, uh, you know, stop and, and change the course of? Well, when it comes to um, habitat protection and, and reduction, uh, the number of number of species present is one of the first indicators that we look at. And, you know, the number of bugs squished in your car is an interesting sampling method, right? Uh, you know, the car is just moving through space and the number of insects splatting on it. If that changes over years, you may have one type of sampling to say, hey, there's fewer fewer species in the area. There are other long-term studies which are not quite so uh, automobile-motivated, but that found that numbers of species are, in general, decreasing. And in terms of uh, pollinators, for example, they've, they've, dec- they've decreased probably about 30%. According to some studies in the in, in the uh, in, in, in the science area, and so what do we do to prevent that? And so it is endeavors such as no mow may, no mow may or putting up uh, mason bee houses or maybe planting a lot more flowers, uh, letting uh, letting uh, uh, insects grow in your yard for a period of time, and, and, and maybe even a few weed species here and there, just to kind of give the um, uh, the vast wide range of insects a chance. Yeah, they're all kind of related. We're doing no more may to prevent the bug apocalypse. I got it. Uh, all right, thanks, uh, uh, Dr. Wilson. I appreciate you coming on. It's been, it's been a pleasure. All right, we got to take one more quick break. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks again to Dr. Ted Wilson for joining us. Entomologist there at uh, Viterbo. He's also the chair of the biology department. I've been doing that eight years. Talking about no mo mame. Number three is back. He was 
he was he did he he wasn't he wasn't into the idea of no mo may, but also he's not mowing lawns anymore. But number three, go ahead. You're on the air. Well, it was kind of interesting to hear your professor talk, but um, I'd like you to call up Mark Meyer, who's got your Saturday talk show. Oh yeah, Mike. Yep, Mark. Mark Meyer. Yep. Yeah, he's got your Saturday talk show. He knows all about bugs and lawns. And just to have him get on the air and tell you and me and the rest of us what his ideas is on this. I had him going here a couple Saturdays ago about it, and he knows his business. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Okay, say, here's another one. Okay. When the bees try pollinating artificial flowers... When they do, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, we talk about the birds and the bees. I think the bees are mixed up because I see a lot of artificial flowers nowadays. You know. Okay. And the bees are trying to pollinate artificial flowers, so I don't think that's going to work. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, bees bees pollinating artificial flowers wouldn't work. I don't know if bees are going up to those flowers and and they they aren't pollinating them because you you can't. But. Uh, you know, maybe they, I don't know how bees work, honestly. I, we'd have to get Ted back on here to do, are the bees smelling the flowers and that's why, or are they seeing the flowers and that's why they go towards, you know, so if they're fake flowers. Uh, so we got to get rid of our fake flowers then. That's what, that's what I think you're saying is what we should do. Um, also, just get rid of your fake flowers anyway. They're fake flowers. It's weird. Uh, just plant real flowers, people. It's easy. Go to the go to the uh, nursery. Grab some. Go to the garden store and 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 plant some native flowers, perennial ones, and uh, that'll help the bees out as well. Um, yeah, he, he. It sounded like we weren't gonna have. You know, when his when it came to predictions, it didn't sound like we were gonna have too bad of a, a mosquito season or a tick season. But we were just going to have those. Those are, are going to be here again. It would be nice to know. Uh, Hey, ticks aren't going to be out this year. That would be great. Anyway, uh, Brewers coming up next. Thanks for listening.